0: Well, we're in the middle of a series called By Faith. And we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter, or it's a record of the heroes of faith. And so we're going to dive straight into it. Uh, Wherever you're watching, get your Bible out. And let's read this together. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for and is the evidence of things we cannot see. It says, Through their faith, the people in the days of old, Earned a good reputation. So the reason why they had a good reputation wasn't because they were awesome, it was because of their faith. It was their faith that enabled them to be well spoken of in many places. It goes on, verse 3 By faith we understand. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You got to get this. Hebrews 11, 3 says, by faith, we understand. A lot of people are going, well, I need to understand and then I will have faith. No, that's not how it works. It's by faith. As you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, understanding then comes to your life. You understand how things are formed and how things are made. That's why it's so important in these times that you and I live by faith. Now, Hebrews 11 uh, 11 goes on and gives us some biographical illustration of how faith works in a variety of different people. And in this chapter, we see uh, faith talked about the presence of faith. Uh, We see the principle of faith. Uh, We see the possibilities of faith and we see the power of faith being outworked. And so we're going to look at that today. And in this chapter, as I said, it's known as the heroes of faith. Now, when many people think of heroes, they think of some freaks, some, some person who's special, who's out there. And they go, well, I'm not a hero. I'm just an ordinary pe- person. I want to suggest to you today that you actually are a hero if you have faith. In fact, it's our faith that really distinguishes us. And many people think of superheroes. I know a lot of people like the movies, the Marvel movies, you know, the whole superhero thing going on there. Many people have their favorite. I don't know who your favorite is right now. Uh, In fact, they did a survey recently of who was the best superhero. Any guesses who it was? You know, in fact, you you can call out your favorite superhero right now. Uh, But here's the deal. The, uh, The survey came out that that Batman was the favorite superhero. Then followed by Spider-Man, then Superman, and then all you Iron Man fans, number four. Iron Man was uh, four. In fact, Wolverine was four, and Iron Man was number five. And uh, then you got Wonder Woman and uh, number seven, I don't know why, Captain America is in the scene. But, But when we think of superheroes, we think of, superhuman powers. And I wonder whether Batman is number 1 because Batman has a cool suit, cool car, and he lives in a cave. He's rich, he's he was orphaned. But but the relatable part of Batman was that he didn't have any superhuman powers. In fact, I I love the quote. It says always be yourself unless you can be Batman. Then be Batman. If you can be Batman, be Batman. But when we read the Bible, I I say this because when we read it, we often read these heroes and and we we distance ourselves from them because we go, well, it's all right for them. They were a hero. Their name is in the Bible. And and what happens, because it's unattainable, it becomes unrelatable. Uh, But I want to say, these people found in Hebrews chapter 11, in a lot of places, are just like you and I. I love the fact that the Bible doesn't edit out the bad parts of people's lives. We know about David, David who killed Goliath. David and his mighty men did great things. But also we know David, you know, the guy who committed adultery and, murderer, and was a murderer. It's like the Bible didn't just put in the good parts and edit out the bad parts. In fact, through the Psalms, we see that, that David had bad days. He had really bad days. In fact, the Psalms will often start bad, but it will end in him putting his trust and putting his hope in God. You know, many people look at guys like Elijah and go, well, he called far down from heaven. That's unrelatable. But James, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 17, it says that Elijah was just as human as we are. (laughs) And just if you sit next to somebody right now, say Elijah was just like you. That's right. He was just as human as we are. And it says, and yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three years. And then what it says, he prayed again and the drought was broken. You know, his prayer and his faith in God brought about miracles. And, and so often we, we can think, oh, it's all right for them. You know, They got a mention in the Bible because they had it together. No. Their name's in the Bible, not because they're perfect. They got a mention in the Bible because they had faith. And Hebrews 11 uh, records ordinary, sinful people who put their faith in a supernatural God. Many people can look around the world at people doing great things and think, well, you know, they're, they're special. Yes, they are special in God, but they're no different from you and I. What distinguishes them is their faith and their trust in God. And faith is the indispensable quality that that God is looking for. In fact, in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. It's not like you you might be able to. It's impossible to please God if you're not outworking faith. It, It goes on, Because anyone who comes to Him first must believe that He exists, And that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. He rewards. What does He reward? Our faith. That word without comes from the Greek word chorus, which simply means outside of something. It's like being outside of the city limits. Now, in Auckland, we've had in recent times border controls and many people were trying to get out of the Auckland city limits. There was police guarding it. And without faith means to be on the outside of something called outside of the house. You know, in fact, in a lot of places today, people go, man, I just need to get outside. Uh, But here, what you've got to understand is, is faith can be described as, as a location. And the question I want to ask specifically today is, are you in the place of faith? Are you in the place of faith? See, faith is a place that you can move in and you can move out of. Stuff happens, doubt comes, reason and rationale sets in and you can be in faith. But that can all cause you to move out. Move out. In this season, I want to encourage you to stay in faith. Don't move out. Stay in. Don't look at the waves. Don't look at the situations and circumstances of everything that's going on in the world. But I want to encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Now we know the story of Peter getting out of the boat. He he walked on water. That's supernatural. But the moment he looked at the waves and took his eyes off Jesus was the moment he began to sink. I believe this is a season where you and I need to put our eyes on Jesus because if we do that, we will then walk on top of what others sink in. It's about fixing our gaze, fixing our eyes on Jesus. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus who is the author or He's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You know, uh, with COVID, everyone was recommended to stay at home and stay inside. Yeah, I want to say no matter what is happening, COVID, no COVID, stay in faith. In fact, this is a time where we need to grow in faith. And you and I can have confidence. In fact, confidence is a weapon against the enemy in uncertain times. And the enemy is wanting to steal people's confidence. Confidence can be described as the attitude of faith. You and I have every right to be confident. Because outside of faith, outside of the place of faith, get this, it's impossible to please God. Now I want to suggest today that the place of faith is found in three things. So you may want to write these down. It's found, number one, in our worship. It's found in our walk. And it's found in our work. Our worship, our walk, and our work, www. And you can't go onto the internet and find that. Now quickly, though, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the the first three guys that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at their lives. Their names are Abel, Enoch, and Noah. We're going to quickly look at their lives and extract some principles of faith and how you and I can stay in the place of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 4, it says, It was... Let's say this together. It was by faith. Yes, out loud, by faith that Abel bought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. How was it? It was by faith. Now, this story is found in Genesis chapter 4. In fact, it's the first homicide in the Bible. It's pretty early on, I know. Uh, But that took place there. But why? The question is, why was Abel's offering accepted and Cain's wasn't? It was accepted. Abel's was accepted because he gave it by, by faith. Abel approached God and worshipped Him acceptably. Now, now we know sin was in the world. Uh, Adam and Eve, A and E, accident and emergency. They already ate the apple, and sin had entered the world. And so, to approach uh, a pure God, a holy God, they needed to offer something. Bring an offering. Now, the Bible talks about that, that Abel came into his presence and, and he gave the firstborn. In fact, we're going to read it in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. Let's read this right now. And it says, Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And it says, And in the process of time, I want you to note that, in the process of time it came to pass that Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. But Abel also bought of the first firstborn of his flock, and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel's offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. You know, his anger, his anger is the seed of murder, which led to him, you know, being jealous of his brother and ultimately killing him. Now, now, what I want to say is, our, our worship. Reveals our faith. Many of us, we came into church, we sung songs, but we didn't worship. You know, Worship actually means to bring something. And when it comes to faith, faith is to be persuaded. In fact, in the New Testament, where the word faith is, it often uses a word that means to be properly persuaded. I wonder what right now who has persuasion over your life. I wonder who ha- what has persuasion over your spirit. I- I- I'm sure many of us know somebody who's really persuasive. In fact, my father can be really persuasive. You know, if he's eating something and it's good, he, he wants you to try it. And you go, no, no, I don't feel like it. He'll almost take that spoon, stick it down your throat. And, and he won't give up until you taste it. In fact, uh, my-, my father's a good salesman. And uh, one time he went to Hot Water Beach in Lake Tarawera. And he had a great time and he wanted everybody else to experience what he experienced. So he always talk about hot water beach. Oh, you need to go hot water beach. It was unrelenting. Hot water beach, hot water beach, hot water beach. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't give up until we went to hot water beach. Anyway, we went. It was good. But now in our family, we have a little bit of a saying is when he's trying to sell us something, when he's trying to persuade us to do something, we just say hot water beach. And there he knows he's overselling something. But, but when it comes to the things of God, uh, we need to allow ourselves to be persuaded. You know, we've all been persuaded to do something done before, whether it's to jump off something or whether it's to buy something. How many have regretted buying things that you were persuaded to buy? Whether even eating stuff. You know, I was in the Philippines and they were trying to persuade me to eat balut. That's not a thing that you want to be persuaded to eat. Um, you know, we've all been persuaded in some ways, but we need to be persuaded by God to, to, to trust in Him. And, and I like how Paul puts it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He says, For this reason I suffer these things. He says, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep what I've committed to Him until that day. Yeah, Here, I know whom I have believed. See, faith is not having faith in an event. It's having faith in the person of Jesus, and it's allowing Him to persuade you, realizing that if you commit anything to God, God God is able to bring bring that which you've committed to Him to pass. And if we look at Cain and Abel, the, the difference in the offerings was Cain bought his offering in the process of time. In other words, he he waited to see how things were going to work out before he bought his worship. You know, Abel bought the firstborn. And when it comes to worship, worship is about worth. And one thing God doesn't want to be is he doesn't want to be an afterthought. That's why the principle of first runs right through the Bible. And, And when it comes to love, love is expressed in forethought. You know, imagine 9 p.m. on your spouse's birthday, going, oh man, that's right, it's your birthday. You know, oh, I'll just go down to the service station and get you something. How many, no, that's not communicating love. You know, in fact, I don't know how you know your spouse would receive the gift after you got it. You know, service station flowers, not the best gift. Now, here's the deal. It takes faith to do something up front. It takes faith to put God first, but but often our reason will kick in. Well, if I do this now, what happens? I mightn't have enough left over later. Yeah, you know, I, I might miss out if I do that. What if it doesn't work? I need to protect myself, and that's what Cain's offering was. It was, well, I, I'll see how much I've got first before I, I do this thing for God. I, I'm working hard. I've got a lot to do. I'll get to it, but I need to sort this out first. Uh, but, but even, you know, setting aside the first day of the week, uh, many people think the week starts on Monday. It's actually the first day of the week is Sunday. And setting aside the first day of the week to worship God takes faith. Because it's saying, God, if I give you the first, I believe you're going to redeem the rest. That's why the tithe you know, is all about our first. I, I, I give the first. It's not the leftovers. It's not, you know, I'm going to pay the bills and see what i got left over. And if I've got that, whatever i got, then I'll give to God. That's not faith. And God responds to faith. He, he doesn't respond to our good deeds. He, he re- responds to faith. And, and that's really important. Now, Cain placed upon the altar the fruits of his own labor. The grain, the vegetables, which he had raised by his own efforts. Here's the difference. Abel, his brother, took a perfect lamb, the firstborn, and killed it. What Abel's offering did as well is that it anticipated the coming of the Lamb of God. Now many of you have heard of Abraham in the Bible. Abraham, the father of faith. You know the song. Our father Abraham and many sons. And many sons said, Father Abraham, I am one of them. So you, you, know, you get the picture. So let's just praise the Lord. Why is Abraham called the father of faith? Well, it's outlined a little bit in Romans chapter 4. And let's go to that in, in the message version, because I think this is going to help to give many understanding. It says, so how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he would have certainly taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. It's a God story. I wonder what story you're writing right now. A God story or an Abraham story? Oh, oh, put your name in there. What we read in Scripture, it goes on, is that Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was a turning point. He trusted, he put his faith, he trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. Wow, that's a big thing. Because there's many people today who are trying to get it all right and they're doing it in their own strength. Verse 4, it says, If you're a hard worker doing a good job, you deserve pay. We don't call wages a gift. If we get our pay, we don't go to our boss and go, thank you for being so generous. Now you're thinking when it goes into your account, I earned that, unless you're being lazy, but no, I, I earned that. But if you see a job that's too big for you and that it's something that only God can do God can do and you trust him to do it, you could never do it for yourself no matter how hard and long you worked, well that trusting, that putting faith in him to do it is what gets you gets you set right with God by God. It's a sheer gift. It's a sheer gift. So how was Abraham made right with God? It was by his faith. And I want to say to stay in faith is to stay in worship because we worship God in in spite of our situations. It's not like, well, I'm feeling good today. I'm going to worship. No, no, I I worship you because you're worthy of my worship. I'm going to trust in a sovereign God. I'm going to worship you when I don't understand what's going on even on in the world. I'm going to worship you. That's precious to God because it takes faith. I'm going to worship you in my pain, in my confusion. That's faith. I'm going to worship you in the good times because everything good in my life is because of you. But I'm also going to worship you in the bad times, knowing that you are able to work things out. I'm going to worship you whether I'm in a building with people or whether I'm at home alone. I'm going to worship you because you are worthy of my worship. I'm going to put worth on you. You know, I like what Job says. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow, that's a faith statement. And the place of faith is found in our worship. It's in our worship. See, when you worship with faith, it creates atmospheres. And in those atmospheres, faith is released. And in a faith atmosphere, anything can take place. Wherever you are right now, I'm believing that a faith atmosphere is being created. And it's releasing faith to overcome. Faith. To move forward into the things of God. Faith to hold on. In the atmosphere, there's an atmosphere. Even online, I'm praying in your your room. There's an atmosphere of faith. Faith. The place of faith is found in our worship. Number two, the place of faith is found in our walk. Now let's look at Enoch. Enoch. It was, let's say these two words together. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. What a good way to go. But listen to this. Before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. What a great thing to be known by, as a person who pleased God. Now, we recognize that faith sets aside human effort and and faith opens the door to have a relationship with God. That's how we have a relationship with God. Just like it takes faith, To get married. Because you can't fully know a person. In fact, even for those who are married, been married a long time. I've been married 25 years. I I think I know Kathy a lot more today than I did yesterday. But I still can't fully know. And and there's always a a level of uncertainty out there. So so it takes faith to get married. But how many know it also takes faith to have a good marriage? And it takes faith to, to stay married. Yeah and and what faith does it opens the door to a relationship but 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 how that relationship grows and matures is by still applying faith. Uh, see faith is not something that we should just use in a in an emergency or in a big event. You know, I got some bad news so I'm going to apply faith. Or I'm believing for this to take place. I need this to take place. So I'm going to use my faith. I got a bad diagnosis. Yeah, come on let's pray in faith here's the deal faith is not a remedy it's a relationship problem in many places is people look at uh, use it like like some cream that you put on a rash oh i've got a rash i need some cream i'm going to apply faith no no faith isn't a remedy it's a relationship faith is relational it's not mechanical and, and god's desire is that we might know him And that we would walk by faith. That's what Enoch did. He walked by faith and not by sight. And and that pleased God. It was was a walk, it was a daily thing. And what I found is, is in life, the more you get to know somebody, the more you can trust them if they're good. And one thing about God is he is good, you can trust his character. The reason why a lot of people won't put their faith in God because they don't know Him. And I don't know which way. You you know Him, you have faith, or you have faith and you know Him. I don't know which way it works. It doesn't matter. The thing is, in the end, that you would know Him. That's the greatest thing, is that you know Him. And if you knew Him, you'd grow in faith. But if you had faith, you'd, you'd know Him more. One thing, it's just about taking a step. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're to take a leap of faith. The Bible says we're to walk by faith and not by sight. And many people are only applying faith when they've got an emergency or when they've got something big in front of them. I want this job. You know, we're looking to buy this house. I'm going to apply faith. Yeah, you can do it in those moments, but that needs to come off the back of a walk, a walk of faith. You know, faith isn't just about taking big risks. It's about knowing, knowing God, knowing God. And so faith is found, number one, in our worship. Faith is found in our walk. And just quickly to finish off, uh, the place of faith is found in our work. So we looked at Abel, Enoch. Now we're going to look at Noah. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 7, it says, and it was, let's say these two words again. It was by faith. Then Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. The world was about to see something it had never seen. I know a lot of people used unprecedented and a lot of people are sick of that word. Uh, But it's faith that, that prepared Noah for something that the world had never seen before. What I want to say today is there always needs to be outward evidence to yours and my faith. Faith is never just inward. Today, somebody can do something on the outside and not have it going on on the inside. In fact, Jesus rebuked those types of people who had the outward behavior, but there wasn't an inner motivation. Uh, so you can do something on the outside, but it not be true to what's going on on the inside. But here's the deal. You can't have something going on on the inside and it not be expressed on the outside. You can't say, oh, I got faith and then have no works. In fact, James talked about that in James 5. No, in James it says faith without works is, is dead. You know, uh, that's why baptism is important because uh, uh, baptism is the outward witness to what's taking place on the inside. So faith is inward, but there has to be an expression on the outside. And Noah built an ark. What was that ark? It was an ark of salvation. He built something that some, uh, people, uh, something that people had never heard of before. It's like, no. what are you building? I'm building an ark. What's an ark? It's a big boat. What's a big boat? Something that floats on water. Well, what's the water? Where's the water going to come from? They hadn't experienced rain up to that time. But Noah obeyed God. Wow, that's faith. In fact, Noah lived in a, a season of grace, just like you and I did. See, for 120 years, he built this ark and the door was open to salvation. I really believe the door of salvation is open. In fact, we as Equipage Churches, what are we doing? We're building an ark for salvation. We're building an ark that people may be saved. Just like in the day of Noah. You know, people today have an opportunity to respond to the greatest message that anybody could ever know. And Noah, like you and I, lived in a day where people didn't acknowledge God or worship God. And and what we're going to understand is, is in today's world, we think we can solve the world's problems. Yeah, we're going to pray for the election. We're going to pray for the right people to be in government. But no political party or politician or election is going to solve the world's problems. Uh, The world needs saving. And how does that happen? It happens by man, men and women of faith who, who are prepared to put their faith on display. Who say, uh, just like Noah, I'm prepared to, to, to hear God's voice, to listen to God's voice above and beyond all the other voices. I'm prepared to obey God's voice even beyond my own reason and logic. That's what Noah did. Yeah, you know, I'm prepared to even follow when when others don't. Yeah, you know, many were criticizing Noah. No, are you crazy Noah. But but Noah demonstrated his faith by, by staying true to the course that God had given him, even when he faced opposition. Yeah, and, and the work of faith is to stay until you finish your assignment. And our greatest role as believers is, is to share the gospel. Now, you've got to get this, this statement, and I want you to think about it because it's a simple statement, but there's, there's a lot behind it. Here's the thing. God has never failed. Let that sink in. God has never failed. So what's faith? Faith is simply aligning your life with someone who's never failed. People will let you down. Stuff will let you down. But God has never failed. And just as Noah built an ark, you know, sure enough, God was true to His word. The rains did come. The flood happened. And a whole lot of people perished. There's, there's no n- nobody else who's worthy of that level of trust. And, and what we're going to see is, is that faith, just quickly, faith, is found in our worship. It's found in, in the presence. You know, our walk is about the principle of faith. Yeah, It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. But the, our faith is also demonstrated in our work. And, and it's through the work of faith that the power and the possibilities of faith are, are, are realized. I, I wonder what would happen if everybody in our churches you know, operated in faith, gave expression to their faith. Now, just quickly before we finish, yeah, worship is the highest function of the human soul. We're, we're all created to worship, and the fact of the matter is, we all worship. Each and every day we're alive. The question is, what? And is what we're worshiping worthy of it? Worthy of the worship we're, we're giving. Many people today can worship creation. They can worship careers. They can worship even family. They, They can worship many different things. But we've got to make sure that God is in His right place. See, it's only through worship. This is why Abel's mentioned right at the start. It's only through worship that we can effectively walk and work for God. That's why I want to say the devil right now is after many people's worship. Worship. And when it comes to faith, if you want to be a person who grows in faith, start by applying worship, uh, faith to your worship. And as we worship as then our walk, we get perspective on our work, and then we get the confidence and the courage to outwork it. Now right now, I believe God is looking for people to be heroes. Uh, Each and every one of us are special in His eyes, but the fact of the matter is we're all ordinary. But what sets us apart is is our faith. And God Himself said, without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please Him. Come on, let's be a people that, that live to please God. Let's be known like Enoch, as somebody who pleased God. I believe when we do that, it's then and there we find answers and it's then and there we find fullness of life. Faith is discovered in our worship, our walk and our work. How about you just close your eyes, right? We are, I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna minister and I pray as we worship just in this environment that our atmosphere of faith would be released uh, in the atmosphere of faith, you know, miracles will be released into your life. So wherever you are, you may wish to close your eyes. God, we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. And we declare you are worthy of our worship. We don't wanna just sing words. We wanna offer a sacrifice of praise. We wanna offer you something called the substance of our life. Or we wanna give back to you out of what You have given to us. Lord, we, we know it's a privilege to to worship You. And Lord, today we declare our faith is in You. It's not in man, it's not in our accomplishments, it's not in our possessions, it's in You. And today we fix our eyes upon You, knowing that You are the author and the finisher of our faith. Right now where there's need, I pray You minister into that need. Lord, I pray right now you'd remove anxiety and you remove fear. And Lord, you position yourself in a place, Lord, where, where people can take hold of all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.